This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. You're listening to Five Live Cricket. I'm Mark Chapman. Phil Tufnell and Paul Farbrace are with us to look back on the fourth test. We'll also uh, hear from the man at the centre of the drama, James Anderson, and consider what changes England will make for Hobart later this week. Tammy Beaumont will join us as well from Canberra ahead of the Women's Ashes. Uh, but Phil, we'll start with England drawing the fourth test. Were you comfortable watching the final few overs? <laughs> I was just happy to be there for five days, Chappers. We had <laughs> we had a great game of cricket. Who says Test cricket's dead? It was a nail bite in last hour, hour and a half, wasn't it? With the the the, the tail end just seeing us home, but. Um, it was great. I thoroughly enjoyed the game. It was great to see some fight, some determination, some pride for the badge. There was a few good performances thrown in there along the way with the likes of Johnny Bairstow, but just great to see, even though it was hanging on by the skin of our teeth, um, a draw and, and no 5 nil whitewash. I'm sure they're going to take a little bit of confidence with them now to Hobart. Paul? Well, I'm the same as Phil. I have to say the, um, the soft hands with which our two tail-enders but playing out their spin was very encouraging to watch. Uh, it reminded me of Tuffers and Tuffers well. and I batting against Wazim Akram and him telling me to face Gary Yates because he had the better, softer hands. And I could yes. see off Wazim Akram the other end. So uh, thanks for that, Tuffers. Well, Farbs, I, I may look stupid, uh, but I'm not. <laughs> and by the way, Farbs, 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 hold on, mate. How are you, mate? All right. I'm very well, thank you, Philip. Very well. Why well are you indeed. not on Zoom? Why are you not on Zoom? Well, I, I've just come off the beach, actually, so um, I didn't really think I should be on um, <laughs> Zoom. It wasn't appropriate. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, I think hey, most right feel rather, it, hey? rather, rather jealous. That most people listening will be rather jealous <laughs> that you're on a beach somewhere. Listen, just just from a you know a player and a coach's perspective here, you, mm. from from a fan's point of view. You're sort of happy that, that Australia aren't going to get 5-0, but you probably don't want to go overboard celebrating just managing to cling on to a draw when it's been such a miserable series. But actually, within the camp, Paul, something like that performance and that result could make a big difference. It can make a huge difference. The, these two last test matches will show everybody... What, what players have got. And the, these are the times when you really, really find out. It would be very easy to capitulate and finish 5-0 and come away having been absolutely hammered on the field, off the field, media. Everybody has got a view on the England cricket team at the moment. So to show that fight, Zach Crawley, Johnny Bairstow to play as well as they did, Stuart Board getting five for... There were so many things from that game that you want to take forward. And, and you know, Joe Root's right. It, we're not get, they're not going to get overly excited by that performance, but there is enough there to take into that last test match. And if we can back it up in Hobart and play some good cricket again, then it, it really does lead on to the next series. And that's what you're looking for. International sport is about the here and now. And I, I think the big mistake is too much time being spent on looking forward to this series for too long. International sport is about the here and now. Win the game that's in front of you. And that's all they can do at the moment. From, from a player's point, from yeah, a player's, from a player's point, point, point of view, view. Chappers, from a yeah. player's point of view, it just means you can lift your head up a little bit higher, you know. And, and I know we were hanging on to the end of the draw, but just to keep getting blown away, you're getting it from the bloke opening the door at, before you at the hotel, you're getting it <laughs> over breakfast, you're getting it from everywhere you go in Australia. It just means that you can 
hold yourself a bit better and say that you're competing. And we've, you know, we, we've fronted up at Sydney. We managed to get a draw, and you kind of put those ones away. Obviously, you're disappointed with the, the other three that you've been absolutely walloped in. But no one keeps like getting a walloping. So, from a player's perspective, it just means that. You can, you, you've proved to yourself that you can come back from adversity a little bit and you take those little grains, little baby steps and take them forward into the next Test match. And also it just puts it puts Australia a little bit on the back foot as well because they'll be sitting there giving you stick all through the Test match going, come on, it's going to be 5-0, come on, get out, get out, just get on with it, you know what's going to happen. So it just gives you a, a little bit of a, a punch back. You know, no one likes to go out in a boxing match and keep getting jabbed in the face all the time and getting knocked out. And so you've just slung something back at the opposition. Uh, Phil Tufnell and Paul Farbrace with us on Five Live Cricket. We're going to hear from James Anderson now. Uh, After that final day's play, he caught up with Greg James and Felix White on an emergency Tailenders podcast and ran through, uh, ran them through rather, those final stages. I can't remember when when Brody went in. It It must have been like 10 overs, maybe even more left to bat. And I was sat in a chair in the dressing room and the Barmy Army was singing, uh, like their song is, we are the army, the Barmy Army, we are mental and we are blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm just tapping my feet along to that song. <laughs> and then as soon as the bowler started running into bowl, I stopped, watched the ball, and then started tapping again, tapping my feet, <sighs> tapping my feet. And then I was also counting down. So, so if someone started an over, I was like, right, I've got five balls to face in this over, over if Leachy or Brody gets out. And then counting down the balls that I had to face in that over if they got out that particular ball. And then the closer we got, the closer we got, I was feeling a little bit more calm, I guess, but still doing the tapping, still doing the counting of the balls. And then there was a moment where the umpire said it was too dark to bowl seamers. So then I thought, I've got this. Spin is my absolute niche. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely love facing spin. If If it was Pat Cummins bowling... You know, you'd have seen a lot more of the whites of of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying um, like that, yeah. Yeah, but I felt like so. So I was, I, I was definitely, you know, looking back, I was thinking clearly as well because I knew it was only spin that I could face. So just before I walked out to bat, when Leachy got out, I had my, I felt my chest pad and you know around my chest, obviously. So so I thought I'm going to take it off just in case the ball bounces up and pops up off my chest pad. So if it hits my ribs, it generally will just fall to the floor. So I took that off. I took my arm guard off just to feel a bit more comfortable and hopefully the ball wouldn't bounce anywhere that it, you know, because there's so many men around the bat. And then, yeah, once I got out there, Brody was obviously really confident. He faced a few balls. He was talking me through what he was going to do. And then, yeah, I just had to try and see out six balls from Steve Smith, which five were pretty good balls actually he landed them really well and then the sixth ball <laughs> was a bit of a I, I, I don't like using the word pie but um, <laughs> people in cricket do often use it so I don't think Steve would would begrudge me of using the word pie because so afterward I, I immediately smiled as soon as he bowled that ball because it was it was a short and wide and I could you know it was easy to defend and then the minute I shook his hand I was like what was that <laughs> And he's like, yeah, pressure got to me, pressure got to me. Wow. So it was, we had a nice moment at the end of the game. Well, just, just on that, a, a very funny man called Darren Richmond tweeted saying that the test match ends with one of the best batsmen in history facing off against one of the best bowlers in history, both doing the wrong job. What a sport. It, it was an extraordinary moment. Yeah, it was.
So, well, that's that. So what, what have we, genuinely, what's the, what's the mood downstairs? Have you, uh, obviously there's relief, isn't there? But are, are people, is, does it feel like this is just what the team needed to just remind everyone that you can all play cricket to a very high standard if it all comes together on the day? Yeah, I, f- I feel like the feeling around the group is that it's a, it's a small step in the right direction. It's, you know, we've, we've still had to cling on for the draw. So it's no, by no means a celebration of a, you know, we've not won the game. You know, the ashes are still gone. So it's, it's still, we're still in a pretty average position, but it's, it is a small step in the right direction. I thought the way Zach Crawley played was really exciting. I thought he, he dominated their bowlers. He really did. Getting 77 off 100. Having come in the series halfway through, or after two tests, sorry, you know, was the way he played was was great. So he, the way he's sort of shaping up is is promising. And also, like that, you look at. So we, we had Joss Butler who's broken a finger, Johnny Bairstow broken his thumb, Ben Stokes has pulled his side. So we've you know we've been dealt a pretty average hand there, but still managed to get through. So I think it it does show a little bit about our character that we we do fight until the end. You know, we we in the first three tests we've not been good enough skill wise but we have got fight and we have got determination to try and get better you know we had no cricket leading into this imagine what we could have achieved if we'd have had two or three first class games before the series but because of covid because of the world cup you know it just wasn't possible and you look you know you the guys that have got runs for them they were all the majority were playing state cricket you know first class cricket in in australia leading up to this series so they've i'm not again i don't want to make it sound like an excuse because it's not you know we, we should have played better but the preparation has not been been great and it and it's starting to show now you know you see the guys getting used to the conditions mm. playing the way they are it is frustrating that we're now showing what we can do but hopefully you know we've got another test again next week in Hobart to to just keep improving just on the um on some of the performances with the the bat uh, I wanted to pick out Johnny Bairstow and talk about him because it felt like the confidence that he showed out in the middle really permeated through the rest of the batting lineup to a certain extent. Do you think that's that's the case? Because he really t- just felt like he took on an enormous burden for the whole team, didn't he? At, that, at 36 for four or whatever it was. Yeah, I, th- I think, well, that partnership pretty much with him and Ben Stokes, you know, yeah, like you say, 34 or whatever, whatever we were, for those two to actually put a bit of pressure back onto Australia's bowlers. You know, it, it did sort of, you could feel a, something going through the team. Like, we, you know, it's not impossible to, to play against these guys. We could, you know, if you put pressure on them, that they, you know, they feel it as much as anyone else. Those two in particular, the way they played against Nathan Lyon, I think he went at like five and over for quite a, a long period of that innings. And that's something that he, generally, he goes at under three and over uh, and creates pressure, allows the the seamers to rotate from the other end. But actually putting pressure on him meant that they've got a, the seamers have got a bowl a bit more. So yeah, it it, it did it it helped the team. And I think you, the way Zach played second innings, I felt like he took a bit from that. The way he, you know, the way he pulled the ball, the minute it was short, he just latched onto it and and crunched it for four. So you know, someone like him will take huge confidence from that. Uh, and I ho- hopefully the rest of the team will as well going forward. And also, Jim, they, they, like a lot, when you look back on Ben Stokes' career in like 10 years or something, you'll talk about like what were distinctive innings for him. And I really felt like the first innings where he clearly pulled his side, but he was sort of counter-punching. And even though he was in extreme pain and anguish afterwards, he was hitting the ball 
out the ground on occasion and really taken him back on. That really sort of summed up the essence of um, Ben Stokes as a cricketer as well, I thought. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, if you've never pulled your side, you don't know what pain that it's like. I mean, when you break a rib or something like that, it you know, you struggle breathing. Every every breath you feel it, you feel discomfort. Pulling your side is like that. It's it's you know, there there are certain movements that really, really are painful. And he he stayed on the field in the second innings because he wanted to or sorry, first innings when he did it, he came off but he wanted to stay on the field so he could bat five because he knew if he stayed off the field, he'd have to bat seven because of the time off the field. Mm. So that just that just shows like what it means to him playing, you know, what he what he means to this team, what what playing for this team means to him. And already he's like like feels a bit better, up, you know. He's still wanting to play the fifth test, even though we you know we're three 0 down. It's very easy for him to go, you know what? I've pulled my side. I go I go home and get it sorted. He's like, no, it hurt, yeah, but. I've played well enough, and it, it, you know, I can get through it to to play in that fifth test. So he's still got his sights on playing that fifth test. Pretty magic moment that, and also uh, a quick word on Stuart Broad. Brilliant to see him properly in the wickets in the first innings and coming back and doing what Stuart Broad tends to do, and really, you know, prove everyone wrong and say you shouldn't keep dropping me. Yeah, yeah, I thought he bowled brilliantly. I, I spoke to him after the the, the night of of his five for. And he's a bit gutted that he went for over 100. But, you know, he, he bowled much better than that. He bowled really, really well. Took vital wickets that we needed. He took the key wickets of Smith and people like that, you know. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's a class act. He's, he's got 500 odd wickets. You don't get that many test wickets if you're not good at what you do. So yeah, I was, I was delighted for him. And um, just hope that he, he keeps getting a run because he's, he's so good at what he does. So passionate about playing for England. Uh, you could see that as well. I thought that really shone through in his batting, actually, at the end. You know, he's the way he dug in, you know, he was really confident about taking the strike with Jack Leach. They, they rotated the strike, shared it between them. They didn't just leave it to one one of the guys to, to sort of take all the strike. And he just, he was determined. The minute I got out there as well, he's telling me exactly what to do. Get a big stride in, smother the ball, don't let the bounce beat your bat. I was like, right, mate, I've, pl- I've played before, it's fine, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Uh, but yeah, he's great. And uh, it, does, it, means a, it means so much to me. And he's, it, I, I won't lie, he's, he's a bit sort of gutted that he's not been able to play a bigger part in this, this tour. But hopefully in the future, he'll be able to keep showing people what he can do. Yeah. And finally, um, also, I know I'm going to mention everyone now, but Jack Leach took four wickets and he's batted with a lot of courage there to save a test match as well over a long period of time, hasn't he? So it's so nice just collectively that everyone's leaving. I'm so happy for all you lot out there, but also everyone at home to be watching that there's a sort of real good feeling suddenly about mm. everyone's performances, which is just a lovely thing. But yeah, I think, I think everyone's chipping in. You know, the way Mark Wood bowled, he didn't get the wickets that he probably deserved. I thought he bowled brilliantly through both innings. And in particular, second innings, he kept charging in and charging in and didn't quite get his rewards. And the way he batted in the first innings, smacking Pat Cummings for more sixes than anyone else has ever hit him for. Um, you know, he had a lot of fun doing that. Johnny Bairstow getting the runs he did. Zach Crawley. There's, there's loads of like little positives coming out of this. And it's just a case of everyone doing it at the same time and keep these little improvements going. Because there is a good fit. Like we know, like, everyone knows how good this team could be. It's just a case of trying to prove it out in the middle, which we've not done so far. 
uh, Jimmy Anderson uh, talking to uh, Greg and Felix for a special uh, Tail Enders podcast. You you want to say something after the Jimmy interview, do you, Philip? Well, no, it was just it's just that, that they held an emergency podcast once they know. think we were going to lose again. <laughs> it's a draw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no, there's an emergency. But you could just tell. I mean, you were saying you were saying how does it change the camp and the guys within the camp. You, you could just tell by Jimmy and Jimmy's, uh, Anderson's voice there what it means. He was sort of upbeat, wasn't he? He was talking about other people's performances and how well everyone got stuck in and what, you know, what play and what we could have done and things like that. So that's... What a draw! Even you know, even though it was just by the skin of a teeth, can do to a side. You could hear it in his voice. There, it's great. Let's talk about some of the players, some of the performances. Uh, Paul, I'm I, I'm fascinated with with Johnny Bairstow's England career, really, because oh. <laughs> there will be a lot of England cricket fans who think he's been harshly treated at times. Would that be fair? I, I think it is. Look, I. Even during my period of being involved, we, I remember us moving Johnny from seven to five against South Africa and two test matches. And it was very obvious around the group, he was just not comfortable. And we went back to batting him at seven for the next test match at the Oval. And it was a completely different person. And, and Trevor Bayliss always had this thing about Johnny that he, he liked Johnny when he had a point to prove. He felt that you would get something from him when he had a point to prove. And that happened in one-day cricket and test match cricket. But you didn't want him to have a point to prove for too long. There's an element of Johnny that needs to feel loved and wanted. And I think that's the big thing. that It would be great if he could keep wicket in this last game, bat at seven and keep wicket. I think that's where England get the best out of him. When he feels loved, he feels wanted, he knows he's going to play. And having two parts of the game, having his keeping and his batting, it allows him to take the focus off if it's just one, if he's just playing as a batter and he knows it's all about runs, actually, when he's got the chance to do both, I think England get the best out of him. But I, I, I'm, I've also been a massive Butler fan and I can see why Rooty wants Joss in the team. He brings so much to the team. He's a great team man. But that team man bit only lasts for so long and you've got to be putting performances in. So I, I personally think Johnny definitely has been, even during my time, slightly mistreated and a bit unfortunate in some of his selections. Yeah, I, I think almost Chappers, he's been a bit of a, a victim of his own success in a funny sort of way. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's like, do we bat him at five? Do we bat him at seven? You know, do yeah. we put him even further up the order? Do we give him the gloves? Do we not give him the gloves? Sometimes, you know, it's because you're such a talented player that you can counter attack or you can get stuck in, you can keep wicket. Sometimes... It, it, it always reminded me a bit like Chris Lewis yeah, back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Such an all-round cricketer that can do anything. That sometimes, and a bit like Moen Ali as well. That uh, yeah, sometimes exactly. they get a little bit sort of not knowing what they they can do. It's a bit like in the football when you can play anywhere. Just put me in that position and give me a good little run at it. I'm going to get some low yeah. scores for sure. But then I've got those those knocks in me that can turn Test matches. And and and, and as a bowler. I'd love to see Johnny Bairstow not playing. You know what I mean? Because Johnny Bairstow can hurt you. And when he can hurt you, he can change games. And you don't like seeing too many of them in the side. I don't mind seeing guys who are sort of all nice and technical coming in down the order. I don't like seeing people who can go and get your 100, as you say, go and get your 100 off 100 balls. Yeah, that, agreed. It makes, it makes him... It's actually quite complex, Paul, within then, isn't it? Really? Because you talk about him having the kind of personality that he needs to prove 
something to people, or he's got, you know, he's, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna prove people wrong. And yet, therefore, that means if he's in a comfort zone of regularly having a spot, then he doesn't have to ram people's words back down their throat. Yeah, but it's only, you only want him to have that point to prove briefly. You just want him just occasionally to have that point to prove. And that's why you're absolutely right. Complex is the right word. I mean, Johnny Bairstow is the sort of bloke that if you needed, if someone was coming to the hotel at four o'clock in the afternoon and you wanted them to meet an English cricketer just to say hello to them and shake their hand, you'd ring Johnny Bairstow because he'd be the first bloke there. But equally, Johnny is a great team man. He does everything for the team. He really is a great, a very good person, but he needs love. He needs a lot of support and he needs a lot of love. And that's why I say just occasionally when he wasn't quite in the one day side. And I remember a game at Lords we played, I think South Africa, we were 12 for four or something. And he came in and got 50 and batted at number six. And it was almost like, right, you lot have all failed. This is my chance to show you. And almost this scene was set for him here in Sydney to get 100 because it was, right, I'm going to show you blokes that I can play. And there's no question. And, and Tuffers is right. We moved him up and down the order. You know, Trevor Bayliss used to say that Johnny Bairstow could bat 4-5 in England and he wanted him in his team, but he was always worried that if he took him away from batting seven and took the gloves away from him, we wouldn't get the same Johnny Bairstow because he was – he is he, complex is not the right word, but you know, Johnny needs to feel loved. And the, and the higher up you go, you'd be amazed how many players in international cricket need that love. They need to know that they're wanted and supported. <laughs> Well, that should be easy to do, shouldn't it, Farbs? Give them a little bit uh, of love, mate. You, you, you do, and, and, and of course you do. But it, it's also, you know, the, the, it's also in, and, and you know this, Philip, that the, the, the media, you know, they build a picture of a person, they get on someone's case, they start getting into them. And, and players are humans, and they, they start to listen to this chat. And, and whether it's really positive and really good stuff or very negative stuff, and even if they say they don't read it, someone else in their family does and tells them, this is what so-and-so said about you, this is what so-and-so said about you. And I've seen many in England cricket who want, you know, who, who, who was it who wrote that? You know, tell me which one is, I want to have a chat with them. <laughs> no, forget it. Move on. You don't yeah. need to. But, no. but it, it is complex. And, and putting your arm around people, understanding people, is probably the biggest thing you do in an international dressing room. More than talk about technique. It's about making them feel good, making sure that they're ready for what's coming in front of them. And that, for me, is one of the most important things. Knowing your player means you know, you know what they need. You know how to speak to them. You, and there are others in that team that like a nice, complicated, detailed chat about their game. And it's about knowing which one wants what. Johnny Besto needs a lot of love. And you're absolutely right. He is a victim of his own success because he was so versatile. He's moved up and down and almost lost that key position that he nails down for himself. And Moeen Ali is another one who fits magnificently into that category as well. So that that leads me on to the next bit here, which follows on from when I was driving home on, on Saturday evening and I was listening to Ian Chappell on, on TMS talking about Zach Crawley, Phil. And he, he mm. was talking about how, you know, he watches Zach Crawley and he just sees a test batsman. Okay, yeah. just sees a test yeah. batter in Zach Crawley. And he made the point that he thought that sometimes England have got themselves into a tis with a batsman who isn't scoring runs, thinking it's down to technique when it actually might be down to confidence. And he cited well, I mean, Zach. He cited Zach Crawley as well. And, and he actually said, "Talk about the love and the arm round." He said, "Sometimes you have to recognise it's just a bad spell of form, and they need an arm yeah. round them." Going, what can we do to try and help you get out of this? Not 
pick apart technique or anything like that. Say, right, what can we do? We're keeping you in the side, but what can we do to help you get through this run of form? Yeah. Well, well I think Zach Crawley has put down a huge marker there for England just by the way he played. He called it, didn't he? He called it before the test match, actually. He said, I'm going to go out there and score 100. So he's obviously a kind of guy that's not lacking in confidence. Um, and his shot selection, I mean, we was listening to Jimmy there saying the crunches that he, you know, the, the, the pull shots that he just swivels onto so quickly. He can get forward and hit the likes of Pat Cummins and these Australian fast bowlers straight back past him as well. He's just got to get himself in. It's it's one of those it, it's one of those basics again. You've just got to get past, especially as a, as, a, as an opening batsman. You've got to get past that first half an hour when the ball's doing a little bit, the bowlers are fresh and it's deviating and going off the seam. You've got to find that's when your technique comes in because there's no point in sitting in the dressing room playing all these hook shots and pull shots because you're out. So he needs to find that way of just. Getting through that sticky period because then he is the kind of batsman that England need. He can then take the attack to the opposition, and that's what he did at Sydney. And it was great to see. And you know, these these great bowlers in the world. If some bloke's in and has the gears and has the ability and the shots to put pressure on you, they're the ideal kind of guys. And I think Crawley's got it for England. I think he's going to be around for a long time, and he should be given a lot of. You know, he should be given that arm round the shoulder and that. That 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 runner games that when a couple you know if you're opening the batting you're always going to get a couple of good pills you know what I mean you're going to get low, low scores but when you get past that awkward period he is someone who can cash in and put pressure on the upper and that, and that's where it toughens that's where someone like her, and I really like that that before the test he was talking up I'm going to yeah. get hundred I'm going to show you I'm going to play yeah. and he took that mentality into the game that the mentality is so much more important than the technique. Well, the, the, the thinking, Whoa. the mentality, I, I really like. The people that, that have got that mentality, they get stuck in and know what, what they do. They work out what's needed from them at that particular stage of the game. When do yeah. I get stuck in? When do I see off this next eight overs? New balls yeah. come in. I'm going to scrap through it. I'm going to fight through it. I might get ugly runs. Then there'll be a period. The bowlers are back. It's a third spell. The ball's a bit older. I'm going to score. I'm going to take my chance. I'm going to play some shots. you still got to have the basics of a good technique. And if your technique is found wanting, you know that you're thinking about your own technique rather than the ball coming towards you. And, and once you're thinking about your own feet, your head, your hands, whatever, you're making your, com- you're making your mind complicated and you've got to keep it as simple as possible. And, and that's where the mindset for me is huge. But you've also got to have a very simple, repeatable technique, which uh, we haven't seen enough of from the England batters in this, in this series. And therefore their confidence starts to get eroded and the two go hand in hand. But but yeah, do you I mean, think it, it, do you think Paul there is, there is this issue then of of not and hindsight's a wonderful thing after he's played like he has done in in, in Sydney but you know should there have been when he was in his sticky spell of form and then got dropped should there have been more of the bearing in mind he'd got this double ton against Pakistan you know should there have been a bit more you will get through this. What can we do to help you rather than biffing him out? Yeah, yeah, possibly. And I also think that, that you have to look at the conditions you're playing in. Now, David Milan, the last time we were there, played brilliantly because of the bounce of the ball. He doesn't get massively forward. So sometimes in England, if the ball nips around a little bit, he gets a little bit half-hearted. In Australia, because his hands are higher, he, can, he lets the ball come. And that's why he's had some success the last series and he started well in his series. I thought Crawley would have been a much better pick 
than Hamid in this series because of his height of his hands and the fact that you know he actually can stand taller, he get on the bounce of the ball. I, I said right from the start, I think Hasib Hamid is a fantastic young player. I really do. I think he's got a brilliant mentality, but. He had to get his hands higher to cope with the bouncing ball. And it is no surprise to me that he's had the series that he's had. And I said that right from the start. I'm not saying it, you know, halfway through a series. I thought Crawley should have started because of his height. And I think we saw the other day, he got on top of the bounce of the ball. That's why he was able to get the pulls away and deal with... You've got to be able to play square of the wicket. Too many England players have got out trying to force the ball on the offside with a half-angled bat and nicking it to slip. It's the bounce that does you in Australia more than anything else. And once Crawley showed with his confidence he could cut and pull, you're in the game. You think the players that have played well in this series can cut and pull. If you can't cut and pull in Australia, it's very difficult to score runs. Yeah, I mean, also, though, Chap, as you, I mean, you were saying that about, you know, the reason he was dropped is he was averaging about seven. You know, yeah, I, yes, I know. I yeah. take that. I and take so there that does point. Come a, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, there, there does come a time. And this is where all the coaches in the world and everyone can sit down and put arms around you. At the end of the day, you've got to be going back after failures and successes as a batsman or in any cricket, a bowler or whatever. You've got to go back to your, your room and you, and you have a lie down. You make yourself a cup of tea and you think to yourself, right, what have I learned? Or a beer. And um, you think to yourself, right, what have I learned from that? And I don't seem to think that there's enough of that going on at the moment, Fabs. Do you know what I mean? You've, at the end of the day, you're the only person walking over that white line. And if Absolutely. you keep playing away singing half volleys when you're opening batting and you keep getting caught second slip, stop doing it. Do it when you get to 30. There are some basics of this sort of game of cricket that you play and, and you've yep. got to learn from everything. And I think sometimes these young players they're given a bit too much of a long leash so you just can't keep nicking off when you're an opening batsman with wide ones outside off stump otherwise you're going to get dropped you know you've got to take everything from every experience and then build on it and take it forward to your next game well that's why the best players know their game quicker than anybody else that's why they play 100 test matches rather than playing seven or eight and get left out of the side yeah, yeah, you got you got you got to take every little nugget of information, store it, and not just then perhaps having a coach saying, "Oh, unlucky, unlucky," you know, just keep talking about this and that. Sometimes you got to go up to him and say, "Listen, mate, you keep nicking off." You know what yeah. I mean? It's as simple as that. You got to yeah. do something different, otherwise you're going to be gone. Uh, yeah. We've already uh, we've we've touched on on Butler and Bairstow in this chat. Butler has obviously flown home. He's got a bad finger injury. Mm. Johnny Bairstow probably won't keep wicket in the final test because did, did he's Jimmy got, Anderson uh, say it was broken there? He's got yeah, I think, yeah. So he's got a broken thumb. So Sam Billings has driven <laughs> five hundred miles to join up with the <laughs> England squad. I um, would walk five hundred <laughs> miles. <laughs> And he he, uh, he to get left out. And, uh, well, no, I'll 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 come on to that in just a moment. Let's hear from him first of all. Whilst he was en route from the Gold Coast to Sydney, he spoke with Jonathan Agnew. Very Sam Billings thing to do to drive nine hours to run the drink. So uh, yeah, well, so no, look, it's one of those things where we had a discussion before I um, with with Spoons and Ashley Giles yesterday. Um, on the phone and um, look, I've obviously been playing a lot of cricket out here I know not not the format um, but I think like anything you get confidence from runs behind yourself and, and game time and, and that's what I've had so at the age of 30 you're, you're no spring chicken that actually you have a really good idea of where your game's at so if needed yeah I'm kind of ready to go and um, I've 
had to bide my time in terms of an opportunity uh, for consistent game time, probably for the last five years since I made my debut. Uh, I haven't consistently had that run of games. So I think any opportunity now, um, being able to enjoy and play and not, not run the drinks, if I'm honest, um, I've done that too much. And uh, I suppose proving not only to myself, but to other, other people as well, that I'm not just kind of a fill-in is... Um, yeah, I am good enough to warrant a place in the side. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's great. If if that opportunity does arise, um, I've got no pressure on me. Um, it's an opportunity that no one really expected and I've got nothing to lose. And um, I think that's a great place to be, actually. I love that interview, Phil. I really, like, I really, really fair, fair, you know, fair play yeah. to him there. Right, knows, knows his game, knows where he's at in his career. If you want me, don't mess me about. Uh, you know, I need a few guarantees here. Yeah, couldn't agree more. As you said, you know, I think he was he was he was almost saying a very Sam Billings thing for him to do to drive five hundred miles to write. He's saying, "No, I'm not having this anymore. I don't mind that. I don't mind that." And and I'd play him. I'd play him for that reason that he's desperate desperate to play for England. He's been over there. He's been in the country. I know it's a different format. Um, but it's interesting, actually. I mean, he's, he has he hasn't kept a lot for Kent, has he? In the in the longer game, no, he part? hasn't. No, no, he hasn't. I mean, he. Uh, do you know the thing I really liked about that was the fact that you know he was saying that I, I will go and play, but I, I want to make sure that I'm going to play in those T20s as well. And I'm really pleased yeah. to hear that because for too long he's been too agreeable. And I'll give you a great example. Yeah. He, I signed him at 14 on the Kent Academy. We played an academy game when he was 15. He had the worst day I've ever seen any young keeper ever have. And I kept saying to him after, are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? And he rang me the next day and he said, I forgot to wear a box, but I didn't want to tell you um, in case you told me <laughs> off. And that's how, that's, that's how he's always been. He's, he's that agreeable, nice Sam Billings. Now, I'm really pleased that he's actually shown some teeth in the last few days and said, yeah. I'm fed up with carrying drinks. I, I was partly responsible for giving him his debut with England in 2015. We picked him in that New Zealand series when we started to turn the corner in one day cricket. And I, I thought he had that, Something about him, something very special as a cricketer. What I have seen in the last couple of years is someone now batting with their head rather than batting with their ego. We know he's got all the shots. He plays all the shots. And I thought there were times in one-day cricket, he almost tried to play five innings within one innings to show us what he had. I think in recent times, he's actually using experience now. And, and, and listen, really good luck to him. He might not be the next best keeper to being picked for England, but if he gets his opportunity, he certainly won't let us down. And he has got that fight in him, which we need in the side at this particular time. You wouldn't so Johnny Bairstow won't be keeping wicket with a broken thumb. Well, I, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I had two good thumbs and found it difficult. So with one thumb, <laughs> I, I you were all fingers and thumbs. Well, I think he would find it very difficult. If he's got a broken thumb. I don't know. Well, he can't keep wicket. Definitely no. not. Well, I don't even know how he's going to bat. They're still sort of saying that he's looking to bat with a broken thumb. And it's saying it goes back to Ben Stokes as well. Can you play Ben Stokes with a side strain as well, even if he's not going to bowl? So selection has been an absolute nightmare for England this trip. I mean, it it just keeps going on. But just from that interview, I'd pick him. I'd pick him. I don't think I'd stick Ollie Pope in there with the gloves, would you, Fab? No, I think Billings is a better keeper. Um, and, and as I say, I think that 
you know, you bring in someone in who's got that real desperate side to them to show what they can do. And you wouldn't put it beyond him getting 100 in the test match. Absolutely. No, he, he, he might not be England's first choice selection for the Caribbean series, but you wouldn't put it beyond him. That, this is the sort of opportunity you're looking for. And to hear yeah. someone like Crawley before that last test, I'm going to get 100, play yeah. brilliantly. Billings going into this. You want people with that confidence and that almost that arrogance to say, I'm going to show you what I've got. This is my opportunity. Is he a leader? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he he's, doing, 100%. he's doing a great job. He's doing a great job at the Thunder. Um, mm. Everyone, I've been hearing reports from him. What a fan. He, listen, he's a fantastic fella anyway. I've met him on numerous occasions. He's, the, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. As you say, he's a leader as well. But also now he's just showing his teeth and his maturity at 30 to say, well, hold on a minute. I'm not just going to be the nice guy. I'm going to be the guy who wants to play. And I'm here and I've driven 500 miles. And if I get left out, <laughs> you're going to know about it. <laughs> so would it, would, it be, would it be utter madness to suggest that if this goes well for him, he could be an England captain. Bearing in mind, people are talking about Roots captaincy. Oh, hold on. Hold no, on. no, no, hang on. <laughs> yeah, but hang on a minute. Stranger things Stranger things have have happened. It, it, if, if this goes well yeah. for him, and there are doubts well, over who should keep for England in the test now, and he has yeah. leadership experience. I mean, other nations have found their captains have come out of nowhere sometimes. Yeah. And he has, yeah, cap- he has leadership potential. He has leadership experience. He sounded yeah. great there. Not that you give the England captain on the basis of a one and a half minute interview to Agus, but um, <laughs> and and we keep being told there are no other there are no other candidates there are no other candidates but but Joe Root. Is it is it madness well, to throw him into the mix? Well, I I think the captaincy probably you're going to have to look at somebody outside of the team. I mean, it would be a big ask to ask him to come in, keep wicket, bat, and captain. That would be a huge ask for him. But but he is a leader. He is someone that would definitely gain respect. But I I think the 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 problem would be that having not not played any Test cricket at all, it it would be too big an ask for him. I think you're looking for someone to, to come into that side. Um, we, you know, you're standing in front of Board and Anderson. You're trying to give team talks to those guys. It's not easy. You need people who've, you know, they'd have to earn the respect. I, I think Stokes is the only one in that team who could take the job on if Joe Root decided that it wasn't for him, or the powers must be decided it was time to move on. I think Stokes is the only one in that team. Rory Burns, I thought had a chance during periods of my time, but um, I mean, I, I'm not sure that he's. You know, nailed on, got a place at the moment. So that would be a tough ask for him to take that job on. Yeah. I don't, I don't do think feel? Joe Root's going anywhere. I don't think Joe Root's going anywhere as England captain anyway for the next year or two. So I, I don't think it's a concern just because you you have a bad tour in Australia. Crikey, there's been a few teams that have gone down under and haven't done any well down there. Yeah, uh, and the, sort of the captain always has to sort of make way a little bit and what have you. Joe Root's not going anywhere for me as captain. I think he needs to work at it. I think he needs to work at his captaincy and not just keep relying on his magnificent talent as a batsman. I think someone, I think he needs help with his captaincy. Um, but for me, he's, he's the only one to captain that side. Yeah, I, uh, I completely agree, and I hope he doesn't go anywhere. Uh, the men's Ashes drawing to a close. The women's picks up straight away after that. 8.30am next Thursday. Uh, first of three T20s, then the Test match at the end of the month before two one-day internationals in early February. I'm delighted to say that joining myself and Tuffers and Paul Farbrace uh, from Sydney is... Uh, 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 where are you in Canberra, Tammy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah You're in Canberra, in Canberra, are you? <laughs> 
Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, have you had any problems with Australia Border Police or are you all okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been a bit of a mission to get here. We had to do a lot of days of safe living and an awful number of COVID tests. But um, at the airport bit was probably the easiest part. And um, we've done one day of full isolation until our, all our PCRs came back ne- negative. Um, and yeah, there's kind of a lot of restrictions out here we can pretty much get a takeaway coffee and that's about it um but so far so good and hopefully we're going to play some cricket what what did you have to tammy what did you have to go through before even flying out there so you know the 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 month or whatever or over christmas did you have to were you really strict on having to self-isolate and so on and so forth before heading out yeah, so I think pretty much 10 days before we flew, um, so that was about the 27th of December, we had to uh, safe live at home, so pretty much just with your household, whoever you live with. Um, and before that, even for Christmas, it was lateral flows every day, try and keep your circles as small as possible and just kind of as much as possible not get COVID because we wouldn't have been able to fly. So, yeah, it's been a bit stressful. You kind of wanted to st- see all your family because we're obviously here for three months going straight on to New Zealand. You're on a 63-strong travelling party, aren't you? Yeah, we are. We've got our England A side out here. Um, they're going to kind of play against Which us in warm-up games. And, yeah, it's awesome. Um, obviously, the last Ashes series, Australia A came over. So it's a brilliant opportunity for those girls, but also for us to know that any issues we've got another squad behind us and it's great to see so many people out there we've got some support people out here my fiance has managed to come um i think you just saw him in the background of zoom but um yeah there's a few families have been able to make it out um which has been great but getting visas was a bit, a bit stressful at times but um yeah it's kind of a first for us to be such a big big touring party yeah. um so yeah it's been good so far so uh, already in these early in these early stages, does it feel does it feel like a very different tour before you've even got underway? Yeah, it really does. I mean, our preparation for the last couple of weeks has been um, quite crazy. I've had to basically go in and face Merlin on my own, and um, yeah, I took my fiance in to kind of help out. But his cricket kind of not up to that much. He's a rugby player by trade. Um, we've got some very <laughs> funny videos of um, you know, like Heather Knight's partner batting left-handed and. Sarah Glenn bowling at her dad and him shouting, that's four. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy kind of build-up and maybe we don't quite feel as as well-prepared as maybe we would normally going for a tour. But, um, yeah, I think it's just great to be out here and hopefully we can get going quickly. The way that, you know, the way it all works for the Ashes here, is is it easy to switch formats in such a quick amount of time? It is and it isn't. I mean, for the last six six or so uh, weeks, we've thought that the test match was going to be first and now it's actually the T20. So we've done an awful lot of Red Bull practice and now actually get out and start trying to hit some sixes and, and bowl our, all our variations. But um, that's kind of part of being the modern player. We've got to switch very quickly. And I think for us as, as women, we don't play that many test matches. So that's always kind of a novelty and something we have to put more time on um, to to kind of really get it right. Um, probably still haven't. I've never actually had a result in any tests I've played. But, um, you know, I think it's coming. But it's something that we do have to do is learn to switch really quickly. Tammy, who who has to drive the the test impetus? Um, I think it's other boards. I think Australia, England and now India are really keen to play test matches. Um, but other other teams, you know, I've played against Susie Bates from New Zealand for over 10 years and she's never played a test match. Um, so I think, you know, other countries have really got to take up that baton. And, you know, you see how the multi-format ashes in the women's game really does work. And I think it's something that, 
you know, more teams could kind of take on. And um, then the more you play, the better kind of um, it will be and the better product it will sell to the public. Um, And then, you know, we might get more series. And for me, like the thought of playing a match in India would just be amazing as a player. Yeah, it's it's hard though, isn't it, Paul? I suppose because you know, it's t- constant discussion about test matches in the men's game and 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 where the interest is there, and maybe outside, you know, three or four of of the big teams as test match cricket or interest in it waned in the men's. To then try and drive the impetus in the women's is will be quite hard. Yeah, it, it will be. But I think the one great thing is that the game has grown so quickly. The women's game has grown brilliantly. There's so much more support for it. You know, there were more players playing it. And I think that that's going to be the key now, that because there are more players playing, I think that will drive the standards up. And therefore, there will be far more interest, as Tammy says, from some of the other countries to start to play Test Match cricket. And I, and I think that they should play Test Matches. They, they you know, and Tammy's right there, they, they, there have been too many draws. I think that the game has to go to five days um, rather than the four days. Uh, and, and I would love to see... More Test match cricket play, but I think the big teams, England, Australia, India, have got to drive that. And they've got to start insisting against some of the other countries, no, we are going to have a Test match within our series. And the sooner that happens, the better again it will take the game to another level for the women's game. Phil, were you coming in? You look like yeah, no, 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 I was just saying. I was just saying. Do you fancy beating them? Do you fancy turning them over? Do you see any weaknesses? Aussie are still obviously the top of the top of the pile, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really competitive series. They've had quite a few injuries and quite a few of their, their best players are kind of out for the, the series. So, you know, and they've also come off for a really, really tough series against India in the winter where I think I think they had some sort of ODI streak for quite a long time that got broken. So, you know, now's a good time to be playing them. Um, and obviously with the World Cup coming up as well, we really want to put a big mark out there that, you know, we're up there with them and, and we can take them on. Well, and then straight after Brilliant. the World Cup, then you've got the Commonwealth Games as well. I mean, this is a this is a massive year. Yeah, it's a pretty big year. Um, I think being part of the Commonwealth Games, I think that's almost a lot of fun in the summer. But um, yeah, it's kind of even really special to be part of the first women's team to go to a, a Commonwealth Games, and hopefully, we'll come off some real success um, this winter. Uh, Tammy, and, and just to finish, you, you mentioned we saw your, your fiancé on this Zoom call. It, it, can I just check, because you're obviously in a, quite a fancy room there. Is that a door behind you or a wardrobe? Or is, is he, has he gone into that wardrobe and hidden? Or is it actually a door out of your room? <laughs> no, it's actually a door to the bedroom. We've really absolutely lucked out with a little, little suite. So he needs to come on tour more often to get a bigger room. <laughs> Tammy, thank you. Wish you all the best over the uh, the coming Ashes series. Thank you very much for coming on. Good luck. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Good luck. Good luck. Tammy Beaumont with us. Locked in the cupboard. Lo- been locked five. in the cupboard. I know, but it is, isn't it? It's one of those really posh hotel rooms, and it was very di- sliding doors. I mean, I couldn't work out whether he locked himself in a wardrobe or not. Uh, Paul Farbrace and Phil Tufnell. Uh, with us, let's just talk Bangladesh and uh, New Zealand. Bangladesh, of course, winning uh, the first test. But in the second test, they trailed by 395 runs uh, on day three. Uh, but let's not focus on, on, on the second test, really. Uh. Let's still focus on, on the first with uh, Roshan Alam, host of the Bangla Cricket podcast. Um, that, that is one of the cricket stories of the year, Roshan, that they, that they won that test. 
It absolutely is. I'd go as far as to say it's one of the cricketing stories of Bangladesh's 22-year test history. Yeah, yeah. Um, such a sensational win. Um, and it's it's there's so many layers of context as to why this win is so special and so important for Bangladesh, um, not least because the one thing that had been left off our li- unchecked on our list for several years is a big win against a big nation away from home. We'd won several times at home on low turning pitches with um, spinning attack, but the one thing we hadn't done was to go away to a uh, to a nation like New Zealand, like England, like Australia, and win away. And I think for Bangladesh to have checked that off is a huge milestone. Which should, Paul, open up more opportunities. Absolutely. Look, I think it's a brilliant... I, I think you're absolutely right. It, it is magnificent for Bangladesh. You know, I, I messaged Russell Domingo and Otis Gibson the other day after that game to say, well done. I was really pleased. With it. I think it's brilliant for the game. I think it is so good for the game. And the, the mention there of, you know, winning games on low-spinning wickets in Dhaka and Chittagong to go away and show the high level of skill to win in New Zealand who are... You know, one of the best teams in Test match cricket playing at the well, moment champion. is a fantastic. Yeah. It's a fantastic win for them. Yeah, they might be champions. I mean, you know, that, that's uh, that, that's a great effort. But that they really that their their attack, their batting, they they're such a good side at the moment. And for them to lose a home Test match, it is yeah. a big story. But Bangladesh played brilliantly throughout that. They really did. Roshan, does it? Do, do, does Bangladesh cricket now feel it has more clout because of that? It's an interesting one. I think Bangladesh cricket feels a sense of relief. Um, We had a shocker of a 2021. We lost series against Pakistan, against Sri Lanka, against West Indies. And then at the T20 World Cup, we were arguably one of the worst sides there. And Mm. I think Bangladesh cricket relies heavily on their PR off the back of World Cups as to how the rest of international cricket judges them. You know, most people don't follow Bangladesh cricket day in, day out. And we feel that maybe decisions are made based on those sort of performances in the World Cup. And so I think there was a slight panic about going, how does this affect us for the next two to three years? Because at the moment, we are a nation where people do the minimum obligation. It's two tests, three one-day internationals, and in and out in two two or three weeks. And so I think this win in New Zealand has done considerably good PR for Bangladesh. I think it's come at just the right time. Have you just missed that amazing goal on Five Live? Oh, what a goal! It's stuff that dreams are made of! Download the BBC Sounds app and you'll never miss another moment. You can go back to the start of any live show or match. Pause the commentary mid-action and even rewind to hear it again and again. Oh, oh, what a goal! Play, pause and rewind. Live radio that you control. Listen on BBC Sounds.